Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 89, January 30. 2019. It was 30 below on this day in 1887 and 48 in 1989. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Suchere. All right, we're experiencing cold weather, and much of the country is experiencing cold weather. That it hasn't been like this since 1996. And I found a great site today. It's a DNR site, the Department of Natural Resources. I'll probably take it down because it's too convenient to people like me. Uh, I can get the temperature, the temperatures, uh, highs and lows for every day of the year, uh, for every year beginning in 1871. And I spent two hours on it this morning and became eternally fascinated. And as this podcast plays out, I'll tell you why. So in any event, we're, we're uh, being told by the local news gatherers uh, that it hasn't been this cold since 1996. Uh, on January 30 of 1996, it was 20 below. January 31, uh, it was 23 below. Feb 1, 27 below. Feb 2, 32 below. Feb 3, 26 below, and Feb 4, 23 below. So you had six days in a row beginning January 30 in 1996. That's what this current spell is being compared to, although uh, fortunately this uh, cold snap that we're experiencing will be shorter than that six-day run, I believe. We're supposed to come out of this by what, Thursday? Yeah. Thursday? Yep. All right. Today, the uh, Star Tribune reliably enough uh, printed a story from the New York Times in which we are to be reminded that despite today, uh, we can't dismiss global warming. Uh, And I, I would agree. The temperature today proves nothing just as the temperature of 108 in July here would prove nothing. These right. temperatures prove nothing. Right. But in this piece by the New York Times, we're told, uh, we start off by uh, 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 pointing out that in Chicago, officials warned about the risk of almost instant frostbite and what could be the city's coldest day ever. Warming centers opened around the Midwest, schools and universities closed as rare Polar winds stream down from the Arctic. At the same time, on the other side of the planet, we're told that Australia is very hot, but nowhere near the record in Australia, which I also looked up, which is 120 degrees Fahrenheit in uh, on January 2nd, 1960. Uh, in any event, it's summer in Australia, and they're having warmth weather. Third paragraph of the New York Times story by Somini Sangupta. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. This weather in the age of extremes of all kinds in all kinds of places, whether when something happens, whether it's a cold snap, a wildfire, a hurricane, any of those things, we need to think beyond what we have seen in the past and assume there's a high probability that it will be worse than anything we've ever seen, said Crystal Colden, an associate professor at the University of Idaho who specializes in wildfires and was working in 
Tasmania during one of the state's worst fire seasons. Okay. So we're said, this is weather in the age of extremes. You know what the word extreme means? Utmost. Not usual. Exceptional. Maximum. Ultimate. Which suggests to me that when you use the word extreme, you are presupposing that something hasn't happened before. Is that reasonable on my mm-hmm. part? Is yeah. that reasonable? Yeah. Remember I've told you guys uh, uh, over the last month or so, I've said, I recall the 1970s right. as really being cold. Yeah, right. We had to throw, stuff a throw rug yeah. under, in right. the crack between the front door and the floor. <laughs> yeah. And right. some whopper snowfalls. Yeah, so for the hell of it, I, I using this new DNR site that I wasn't previously aware of, I, I spent some time and I started with uh, the 70s, 1970. On January 18, 1970, 28 below. Oh, my. January 19, 1970, 34 below. Uh-huh. January 20, 24 below. January 21, 29 below. Uh, that was about it for January. That was about it for bad weather in 1970. And I went to 71. Feb 7, 20 below. Feb 8, 23 below. Feb 9, 21 below. Then well, I went to 19... 19- yeah, I bet you can do this for every year in the 70s, can't you? Well, I did the 70s. Yeah. January of 1972 on the 13th, 16 below. 14th, 26 below. 15th, 29 below. 16th, 15 below. Mm-hmm. All right. Now it's 73. This is corroborating my memory. The 70s were cold. December 29, 7 below. December 30, 20 below. December 31, 24 below. Then you go to Jan 1, 1974, 30 below. Jan 2nd, 21 below, and then for the next, uh, till till uh, January 13th, it played out this way. 6 below, 7 below, 10 below, 10 below, 16 below, 12 below, 21 below, 18 below, 20 below, 25 below, and 6 below. So uh, 16 nights in a row below zero from the end of 73 through the first uh, a couple of weeks of 74. Okay. All right. Uh, then I went to... Are you going to do this for every year in the 70s? Don't worry about it. Uh, then I went to 1975 and 76, and I just wrote, meh. It really wasn't much to, okay. to know. During the bicentennial, nothing going on. Uh, 77. So basically, we had a couple of years off there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, 77. January 7, 14 below. 8. January 8, 23 below. January 9, 32 below. January 10, 27 below. January 11, 31 below. January 12, 29 below. January 13, 4 below. January 14, 14 below. January 15, 22 below. January 16, 28 below. January 17, 25 below. 18, 10 below. 19, 10 below. So what's that? That's 7 through the 19th. That's uh, what, 12 days? Yeah, uh, below yeah zero. something like that. Then I went to 1978, and again, I had to write for myself, eh, not much. I have one question before you continue. Was where in the state was this for? Was this the coldest point uh, place in the state, or was it like for Minneapolis? Twin or? Cities. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 1978. I didn't find anything noteworthy to write down for purposes of the point I'm ultimately going to make today. Uh, January uh, uh, 1979. January 1st through the 11th, we went 15 below, 22 below, 12, 11, 17. These are all below. 5, 11, 16, 5, 15, and 28. And then Feb 1 through the 10th in 1979. 
9 below, 1 below, 14 below, 18 below, 27 below, 3 below, 16 below, 12 below, 16 below, and 3 below. And then I stopped. I didn't do the 80s. I didn't do the 50s. I didn't do the 60s. I just wanted to corroborate my own memory that the 70s were cold. So how is today extreme? If words mean something, and it is the work of Mysterians to deconstruct the meaning of words, if words mean something, how how is this spate of weather affecting the United States right now extreme? It's not extreme. No, it's business as usual. It's, it's winter. And I think you skipping those years where the temps were a little warmer, Yeah, I think that also proves your ultimate point, which I believe is weather is always changing, right? But you, I, I'm probably getting ahead of you here. I'll just let you Well, know. because I've toyed with this and danced around it. Let me call it what it is. This climate extremism is the is the newest push. It's not new in the sense uh, chronologically. It's been around for years. It's the newest push of Marxism. It's where Marxism has to go. Marxism, the academy's already failed. Uh, Capitalism's under attack, but they haven't gotten anywhere with that because it works. It's it's relieved more people of the burden of, of despair than any other form of monetary operation in the history of the world. So what the Marxists looked around and they said, we got to go after the, the, the environment. We can go after the environment, and if we go after the environment, we can and, and we can we can we can we can bring down the United States and, and mold it into our vision of what it should be. If we can only get people, what, out of their cars, factories to stop, stop burning coal, all under the guise of of selling people on the idea that what we're experiencing now is so extreme that if we don't do something about it, but we Joe, don't do something about it, we're going to die. What's their motivation? <laughs> I don't understand their end goal. Complete I mean, socialism. It, yeah, it'd be a different country completely. Complete socialism. Complete socialism. And I'm not suggesting scientists are fraudulent, but the New York Times has a Rolodex full of scientists who are... They call up and say, this is pretty extreme weather, isn't it? And the professor's going to say, yeah, you know, my charts show this is pretty cold. Well, my charts show that it's been this way since the beginning of time. And, and you're not denying the fact that the climate, uh, there is global warming, right? Correct? Uh, yes, I do deny that. Uh, well, no, Joe no, thinks no. Wait, wait, wait. What I deny, I deny Marxism is what I deny. Right, right. but I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard you said... Yes, the climate is changing. Yes, have I always has. Yeah, but always not will. not due to man. New but to, I, I don't nature. believe the climate is changing in such a way that we should turn over that cure because I don't think there's a disease. I don't think we should turn over that cure to the new kinds of people we're electing: Ilhan Omar, yeah. Cortez, who are avowed Marxists. Mm-hmm. And right. here's the latest. Here's the latest: uh, Ilhan Omar and others. Uh, engaged in what they call this green revolution. They want to they eliminate uh, carbon footprints. Well, really what they're trying to do is bring about a completely different form of country than the United States. These are the same people defending Maduro in Venezuela. Right. They're defending a bad guy who was trying to, uh, because he's a socialist. My point is this. And in another place where socialism didn't work. It doesn't work. My point is this. You cannot, I am being asked to disbelieve my own life experiences. I'm being asked to believe that today, in 2019, this is extreme. This is an example 
of extreme weather changes brought about by the use of fossil fuels. This is extreme. Well, no, it isn't. Not compared to what we've experienced previously. That's a Times article, right? Yeah, this, and reliably, the Star Tribune rushed into print with it because we're to be admonished today. Hey, people, just because you're cold out there, don't forget global warming is real. Climate change is real. Yeah, it is. It's always changed. Yeah. It's always changed. Glaciers. I could have done this game I played with the 70s. I could have done it in the 40s. I could have done it in the 30s. I could have done it in the 50s. Would have found similar results. Would have found similar Cyclical. results. It's winter. It's right. winter. Okay, so where are we headed? Now, I, did, I looked this up, too. In 1996, there was a day when they did suspend uh, mail delivery. And I'm not suggesting it would be very pleasurable to deliver mail today. I, right. I, I don't, I'll live, I'll, right. I'll be fine if I don't get another bill in the mail today. I'll just get it tomorrow. <laughs> right. That's fine. Uh, and I, I don't want children to suffer, so I'm very comfortable with the idea that schools are closed. Keep them at home. I, it's, it's fine with me. That's fine with me. In fact, uh, the it probably should have been closed today, just as over since at least the Arne Carlson administration, going back to about 96, right. uh Rules have been established and time frames have been established and temperature guidelines have been established to, to shut the schools. But add, what's added to the mix today? What's added to the mix today? Well, the global warming. Uh, no, the, the malls are closed. Oh, right. Uh, banks are closed. Stores. Credit unions are closed. Stores are closed. An evil of evils, beer can't get delivered because the beer freezes in the trucks. Ooh. The movie house closed early last night. Well, then what's it going to be? Five years from now, if these people keep crying hysteria, they create a self-fulfilling prophecy. And more and more, as the years go by, these kinds of decisions will be placed in the hands of people who are going to be coming out of the failed academy. What are you taught in the failed academy? You are taught you should suffer no discomfort in your life. You should, dis you should suffer no inconvenience. You should suffer no roadblocks, no bumps in the road. You should never be offended. You should never be inconvenienced. How can they not see history and see that all socialist countries and Marxist countries, in fact, the, the suffering has increased 100-fold, and the only people that are comfortable and happy are the people in government and people in charge and the people that own the giant, giant corporations. Everybody else lives in hovels and stands in line for toilet paper. But Kenny, you're How can they not see that do you have the? Uh, do you have, uh, I can blend this in, do you have the Ilhan Omar update theme? I don't understand her motivation. Well, you're, you're about to learn more. Well, I do. Because socialism do. is, it's, it's awful for people. Her motivation is you should question her loyalties. Loyalty to whom and to what? This country. Well, I, I question her loyalty to this country. Right. I question Cortez's loyalty to this country. Uh, never mind, Rook, you can't find it. Let Got me it. continue. Right? Okay, correct. Uh, Reavers is not running the board today because he's not an adult. Uh, if, <laughs> if you're an adult, your car starts. His car didn't start. That means he's not an adult. End of story. That's it. <laughs> Democratic Representative Ilhan Omar is among the most vocal proponents of the Green New Deal. And she said the wide-ranging climate change proposal now has enough support to pass the U.S. House. First, someone needs to write such a bill. I'm the one who is urging my colleagues that the, not just to issue some resolutions and talking points, but for us to actually have a real conversation on this issue, Omar said. The Green New Deal is a broad proposal. It would establish a new select committee, because that's what we need. 
We need more government. It would uh, establish a new select committee whose charge included drafting laws to remove greenhouse gases from the air and transform the U.S. economy to make it carbon neutral, which in effect would put the U.S. economy out of business because the technology isn't there yet to replace the use of fossil fuels. It has support from a contingent of congressional Democrats led by New York uh, Democratic Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. A public opinion survey said most of the U.S. population supports it, too. I do not. In an interview for Climate Cast, Omar said climate change is one of the greatest threats we as the human race has ever faced, and we need to start treating it that way. No, it's not the greatest threat the human race has ever faced. The Green New Deal has faced political opposition, mostly from Republicans. Omar said the Democrat, Democrats' House majority has helped grow support for the plan. Some opposition to the plan, Omar said, has to do with people's fear of discussing changes that might be necessary under global warming. I am not going to accept that she, at the age of 31 or whatever she is, is a voice of reason that I'm suddenly supposed to start paying attention to because she believes this is the worst crisis humanity's ever faced. I don't believe it. Why does she get so much attention? She's never been vetted. She's never been vetted. No. She fits the template. We will hear from folks who say, I can't drive my big truck, or my family has been in this line of work for many generations, Omar said. And for us, it's about making sure that we're having a conversation with them about what it means to sustain a future for their children and their grandchildren. Let me reinterpret that sentence for you. She said, when we get done telling you about it, you're, you're going to have to obey us because this is what we want. Oh, boy. Don't tell me you're going to have a conversation. The Green New Deal would create many jobs, including uh, those outside the clean energy sector, Omar said. We have no idea. While she didn't offer a specific number of jobs, Omar said she heard from some rural Minnesotans, specifically on the Iron Range, uh, that they want greater investment in training and education. Uh, She also said investment in broadband would help areas like the Range move into 21st century jobs. Does she represent the Range? She does not. (laughs) She does not. I'd like to see the figure between jobs, uh, this proposal would create jobs versus the jobs that would be lost. The people that do drive big trucks because they tow equipment to go to their job um, doing landscaping or digging or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Let me tell you something. It's, it's, It's one thing for Paul Douglas and Belinda Jensen and Dave Dahl to come on the news tonight and say, holy mackerel, is it cold? It's, it's another thing to have the likes of uh, Ilhan Omar and Cortez running with it and turning it into hysteria to the point where you are now, their hysteria appeals to the people who believe they shouldn't be uncomfortable, who believe they shouldn't be inconvenienced. And therefore, if you only listen to us, we have a solution in mind. Is right now, America, you're dealing with extreme weather. Extreme meaning utmost, not usual, exceptional, maximum, or ultimate. Well, if that's the case, then how come it's happened before? How come it's happened before? New York Times, if you're going to uh, throw Australia at me today, how come their record high temperature was established in 1960? Because they can't link. Or they refuse to. I think the greatest threat that, um, not humanity, but I think the greatest threat the United States faces is the continuing election of people who don't really like the United States. 
Right there. Yep. Just don't like the United States. It's too white. It's too privileged. It's too patriarchal. It's too successful. It's too entrepreneurial. It's too competitive. It's too unfair. It's too rich. Unemployment rate in December in Minnesota was 2.3%. If you want a job, they're, they're, people are dying to hire you. You can take part in the economy. Right. The greatest threat the United States faces is the election of too many people who don't like the United States. <laughs> Isn't there irony? The freest country in the entire world? And they're seizing upon the environment. As as the as the big stick they're going to wave, the big stick they're going to clobber us over the head with, and say, if you don't go down the road we're suggesting, we're going to we're going to face the worst problems ever faced by humanity. And the sheep will follow because they're setting the. Because uh, they're the all coming around. out of the failed academy anyway, which teaches you should, you should never be discomforted. You should never you should never feel. Uh, any any uh, discomfort or inconvenience in your life, you should have safe spaces. For Christ's sake, they set up crying rooms for, for uh-huh. somebody who has to take a test. Right. <laughs> you think that person's not going to be susceptible to following this gibberish from Ilhan Omar? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Minnesota experiencing the coldest weather in decades. Not as cold as 1996, the year they're touting. Mm-hmm. Starting January 30 through Feb 4, 20 below, 23 below, 27 below, 32 below, 26 below, 23 below. In the 70s, great stretches of below zero weather. I, again, for all you euphorians who have accidentally listened to this show and can't figure out how to turn it off, I'm, uh, I'm perfectly comfortable with the fact that kids aren't in school today. I don't want my little girls freezing. Right. I'm, I'm in charge of a couple of these little people. I don't want them. I don't want them at, at in harm's right. way. Mm-hmm. And it's a dangerous cold. I certainly don't deny that. And I, I, I can, I can see the post office uh, having a little wisdom here and erring on the side of caution. Give them a day off. Why in the hell would you go out there and freeze to death? You know, we'll live. Right. Well, I will tell you this, or I will forecast this. What in God's name do you see coming 10 years from now? Because, as I said, added to schools in the post office, unlike 1996, when schools and post office also delayed, now it's the mall, now it's the bank, now it's the credit union, now it's the grocery store, now it's the liquor store, now it's the hardware store. What's it going to be 10 years from now? A mandatory shutdown of, of commerce? A mandatory shutdown led by government? That's what it looks like. I've been spacing out here reading the Wikipedia uh, version of what the Green New Deal is. It's a fright, frightening. It's a lot of gobbledygook, and it's very, uh, very confusing. But, yeah, it's like you just said. They want to shut down the economy and start over. It has nothing to do with the environment. Nothing. Ilhan Omar knows less about the environment than my dead mother. Yeah. Who are you kidding? This has nothing to do with the environment. I've said it all along. This whole Al Gore posse, they have nothing to do with the environment. Nothing. And when the rich people get together in Davos, Switzerland, and say, we got to get on board here, you know what they're seeing? How can we make some dough off this? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm seeing here. This is a 
Very confusing sentence, but try to hang with me. The you, this Minnesota Senate, by the way, shut down today. We won't miss that. <laughs> the financial proposals echo some of the programs already underway in the IMF, World Bank, BIS, and ECB mm-hmm. that aim to better reflect the value of ecosystems and reduce oh. systematic incentives to, and here it is, here's the line, to invest in dirty or destructive industries. Mm-hmm. Global I- indices like uh, the Global Green Economy Index have been tracking national performance on many topics, including the Green New Deal framework, allowing for transparent uh, comparisons and benchmarking between states. Tell me what industry Ilhan Omar and uh, Cortez would not find destructive. Oh, exactly. What what industry? Uh, Virtually everything, as far as, yeah, virtually everything. I mean, but they're starting with the people who provide us with electricity. Mm-hmm. What happened last night in the state when we didn't have electricity? Well, there were power outages. Yeah, and people, you know, people suffered. Afraid for their lives, yeah. and rightly so. Well, we're painting a good picture today. <laughs> huh? How are you doing at 10 but, years? But do you see the larger point I'm driving at? We're all being taught. We're We're all being swept up by... Watching the Weather Channel and the news people playing along with the template that we should be hysterical about this weather. That it's uncalled for. It's extreme, meaning utmost. It's happened throughout history. What the environment is being seized upon by Mysterians to turn this country into something that it isn't. And what is their main objective? I've told you this a hundred times. What's the main objective? What do they have to go after? What do they have to go after to bring about the complete transformation into what they believe is a a socialist state that they can make work? The only reason socialism hasn't worked, these people think, is because they haven't been in charge of it yet. Right. They have to go after capitalism. They have to... Worse than that. Destroy it. Well, that'll be part of it. Worse than that, what do they have to go after? And you're already seeing it. They have to go after the Constitution. Yeah. Oh. They got to tear it up and write a new one. Boo. Well, we're here to push back. That's what matters. Just a minute. Just a minute. See, I have two separate directions that I'm going today uh, in the show. Oh, one is one is this one that I'm on. And listen, then, while you look for that, listen to this. By the end of November, I'm assuming last year, 18 Democratic members of Congress were co-sponsoring a proposed House Select Committee on a Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. Well, just a minute. I'm going to like uh, this one. Is it rest my case that we're being led by people who uh, want to change the country? Ready? Yeah. A key committee in the Democratic-controlled House of Representatives is moving to eliminate the words, so help me God, from the oath administered to witnesses testifying before the panel as part of a new rules package expected to be approved this week according to a draft obtained exclusively by Fox News. The draft shows that the House Committee on Natural Resources would ask witnesses to recite only, do you solemnly swear or affirm under penalty of law that the testimony that you are about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? The rule proposal places the word, so help you God, in red brackets, indicating they are slated to be cut. Other rules changes relate to expanding the committee's authority over natural gas in Alaska and fossil fuel resources. While many federal oaths include the phrase, so help me God, some, most notably the presidential oath of office, do not. Small thing. A move Small thing. to remove. We wouldn't even notice it unless a, a draft of these rules changes got leaked. We, we would never have known this. 
how can these people... pretty powerful when you have a, have a witness testifying. Let before. that soak in. It's pretty powerful when you have a, te- uh, a witness testifying before a government panel, and he he or she hears the words. Do you solemnly swear or affirm under penalty of law that the testimony that you are about to give is the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God? Now you take the so help you God out of there, and you're answering to a lesser power, really. No. I don't know how I'm And what's it going to be 10 years from now? What are you going to do in court 10 years from now? Well, how is Schumer and Pelosi and everybody else going to benefit from this? Why are they so behind it? They're, Why do they think that the, Because I don't believe they're out looking for uh, out for our own good. I, there's something else. What's their motivation? I, that's what I don't Power. Care. Power to regain power. And all of this is mitigated and exacerbated by a hatred of Trump. This, this, is, this is The pot is boiling now. Because Trump has created a, a framework in which that pot can boil because he is well, found to be so loathsome. Hey, well, you just summed it up to me right there. Yeah. You're, and we talked about this before. I think yeah. people are going to be elected who are so far to the other side because of the right. way he acts. Right. Uh, that you, you have the Eli, whatever her name is. You know, as loathsome as Trump might be, I do believe he does not hate America. Uh, I, yes. I, I think he's ambivalent. I'll take ambivalence <laughs> over people who are out to destroy it. Yeah, I think he, I, li- I think he likes America. I mean, yeah. his fortune, his yeah. fortune was initially made here, yeah. and his he only got a million bucks from his dad. Come on, <laughs> but <laughs> his his family's fortune was originally created in the United States, right. correct? Right. right. No, I don't think he hates uh, the country. I don't, I don't think he does. No, I, don't I don't think, think he, he does. Hates, but I don't. Know. And I'm not going to say that Ilhan Omar hates the country or Cortez hates the country. I am going to say they would much prefer they, a different. country. They want to turn it into something. They want a different, different country. Yeah. They don't like this country. I'm not saying they hate it. I'm not saying they hate it. Right. She'd be crazy to hate it. Look at the great life she's had since she got here from Somalia. Right. Since she left her homeland. And and. And Cortez, you phony, you've had a wonderful upbringing despite your claims that you were some poor working girl with torn blue jeans. You're full of B's and B's and S's. No, they don't hate it. They just have a better idea. They want to change it. So what has to be done, Such? Doesn't the right or whoever need a calm, intelligent, learned person to slowly and surely break down each one of these issues and prove to America how these people are wrong. Or or, or someone who... Uh, who is that? Well, uh, someone who wishes to run for office who's going to say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm noting currently in the United States that we're having a tremendous cold snap. That's, that's very typical of winter in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, and when I see that the words extreme are being used to describe it, I would merely suggest to you all that we have a variety of sources we can consult. In Minnesota, it happens to be a DNR day-by-day weather reporting from the year 1871, and we would discover there's absolutely nothing extreme about this all in the sense that this has happened routinely throughout history, at least the history we know since 1871. Oh, go ahead. Charlie. Instead, you have a president, though, that tweets jokingly, oh, I know. why doesn't global warming come I back? I know. I know. Right. What he fails to realize is this doesn't disprove global warming any more than a 110-degree day in May proves global warming. 
Right. That exactly. climate changes. It exactly. always has. It, brought it always a, will. It brought a smile to my face when I saw that tweet because I knew what he was doing, and it did just that. It riled oh, yeah. up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they, they just went nuts. And you know he's sitting back giggling about it. You know, that's trolling at its finest. Oh, yeah, As part of the hysteria, we're told from a Chicago CBS affiliate that it's so cold you shouldn't talk or breathe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, okay. That's difficult. Yeah, that's breathe. difficult. Don't breathe. Don't take deep breaths. We got that out of a Des Moines so, station. You know, and we're not denying that the, the climate is changing, but this person, this mythical person we're looking for to to answer and fight back, what is that person going to say about uh, the melting ice caps that they always bring up, which, in fact, are melting? So what? So what? All that does is open up new economic opportunities for shipping. Yeah. I, I'm not... Uh, if... Who do you think... Who do you think studies risk in terms of lending money? To people, who do you think studies risk more than, say, banks or insurance companies? Will that be a fair Top statement? Because the they're dealing with cash. Yeah. You're not going to get my cash. You, you come in here, Mr. Olson, you want to borrow uh, $600,000 to build a house. Yeah. And you're telling me you want to build it where? On the, on the beach in North Carolina? Here's your six hundred grand. They don't see the risk that your house is going to go away. If they thought there was a risk, you think you'd get the six hundred grand? Yeah, they're more concerned about the heart medication I'm on because yeah. I've been through this. <laughs> That's why you go for loans at the bank. <laughs> one more from Chicago, another CBS. Right, and then we got to take a break. I don't we want to take one break. Just straight through. I know, just running through them. <laughs> the dangerously cold temperatures plaguing Chicago this week could be deadly for many outdoor creatures, including, including. An estimated 200,000 feral cats that live in Chicago. Oh, thank goodness. Feral cats' self-sufficient nature means they get by largely without humans, but the frigid temperatures sweeping the Midwest this week will test them. And then, so apparently you're supposed to, uh, there's a feral cat community. <laughs> no, no, I'm not no, making it up. Come on. Not making it up. <laughs> Unlike human acclimated stray cats, feral cats are outdoor creatures that live on the streets in colonies with other cats, and they prefer it that way, according to Erica Rowade, a colony caretaker who runs oh. the feral cat rescue network group <laughs> called Chicago Community Cats. They have 1,745 members, many of whom turn to each other for advice on how to help the local feral cat community. Wow. Wow. I can picture what most of them look like. (laughs) We're all trying to help each other out all over the suburbs and in Chicago, Roe Wade said. So you got to leave food out for them and be careful and lock out for them. uh, We like feral cats in the country, Joe, because they eat our barn mice. I understand. I understand. The key is when a feral cat moves into your farm, never, ever feed it. you got to keep it hungry. That's why they take care of it. As soon as you start feeding that feral cat, you're going to have a mouse problem again. Well, here. You have a rescue group for feral cats. (laughs) That's so funny. say these cats are really resilient. (laughs) Then why are they going to be resilient today? They'll figure something out. Save the cockroaches. Save the cockroaches. They're feral and they're resilient. Why do they suddenly need Mrs. Kravitz to leave out a piece of bread? 
<laughs> or milk, bowl of milk. Oh, oh, oh. These are the same people that would put a fur coat on a cow that's standing outside when it's 30 below. No. All right, Rook, you can take a break. <laughs> And the Suchere. Yep. That does not sound like the Linda Ross. No, no, this is not us. I, 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 I don't want to play it. This is GB. Say, Johnny, one size rarely fits anyone. That's why uh, you have to consider federated insurance. They tailor their insurance programs to individual businesses. Offering property, casualty, life, and disability income to businesses in select industries, and they got the best marketing reps in the game. They get to—it's not a game to them; it's a very serious business. They get to know you, business owners. They get to know your operations, and that's so they can customize their coverage for your needs. Uh, you got driving is a big part of your business. They'll talk to you about auto liability, and also they'll come uh, counsel you on impending cyber attacks. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Federated insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Here's Johnny Hyde in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Uh, this news update brought to you by the uh, Bloomington—I'm uh, sorry—by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Bloomington, Fridley, downtown Duluth, and Woodbury. Cold things—we've been talking a lot about the weather. Here's uh, here's some more cold stuff. Excel Energy wants some customers in Minnesota to turn down their thermostats. Utility spokesman Matt Lindstrom says the extremely cold weather is causing a strain on the natural gas system. So they want customers in Becker, Big Lake, Princeton, Chicago, uh, Chicago City to turn the thermostats down to about 55 degrees. I wonder house. why those areas only. Why 55? It seems to be some strain. I don't know in that area is all they're saying. Uh, Lindstrom said that's got to be in, in only in the bigger communities because the small communities and people in the country have LP. Yeah. We're all burning uh, liquid propane. Uh, Lindstrom didn't know how many customers would be affected. He said uh, he did not know how the cold weather is straining the natural gas system. But he says if customers detect a rotten egg smell, of course, they should leave their homes and call 911. Uh, so Kenny's family does all the time. That's just your old man. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, thousands of people lost power in the Twin Cities metro area due to the extreme cold on Tuesday. The Savage and Port Cargill areas were hit the hardest with more than 5,000 people in the dark. At one point, spokesperson explained at least two poles were fractured after the cold caused the wire to contract. Joe, do you have a plan in place if you lose electricity when it's 30 below? I I started thinking about this last night, and my only plan is if I don't have any power in the house, it's 30 below. We're going to have to go out to my shop where I have an LP heater out there. Yeah, I got a heater in the garage. We're all going to have to huddle around that. Everyone has that Minnesota fantasy, though, of burning furniture in the fireplace. Right. Ripping out the What am I going to burn first? (laughs) What am I going to burn first? (laughs) Say, Kelsey, our chief offsite correspondent, John, apparently his uh, daughter uh, brought home a prospective bow uh, uh, for marriage. Okay. And and, the father invited uh, Kelsey uh, invited the uh, fiance to his study for a talk. Oh, oh yeah, good job. Show him all his guns. So Kelsey <laughs> says, uh, "What are your plans?" And the and the young fellow said, "I'm a biblical scholar." Oh, okay. And and, and uh, 
Kelsey said, a biblical scholar. Hmm, that's admirable, but uh, what are you going to do to provide a nice house for my daughter? I will study, the young man said, and God will provide. All right. And how will you buy her a beautiful engagement ring such as she deserves? Kelsey asked him. I will concentrate on my studies, the young man said. God will provide. And children, uh, Kelsey wondered, how, how are you going to support? Right. Kids, These are pretty good questions. Yeah. Don't worry, sir. God will provide. Oh, replied the fiancé. The conversation proceeded like that, and each time the father questioned, the young idealist insisted that God would provide. Later, the uh, Mrs. Kelsey said, yeah. uh, Kelsey, how did the talk go with yeah. that guy? And Kelsey said, well, he's a Democrat. <laughs> he's got no job. He's got no plans. And he thinks I'm God. <laughs> I, I have to laugh. you will provide. <laughs> uh, the uh, cold also affected the blue line. You know how? Yeah. Shut her down, Jan. There was a crack in really? one of the tracks. Oh, boy. Because of They're the on cold. fire in Chicago. They're lighting flames Light, to keep yeah. the rail lines uh, yeah. warm in Chicago. They got somebody out there with a big flamethrower uh, running up and down the rails. Probably burning some evil coal. Ah, they haven't been tempered properly. No. That's what the deal is there. Wednesday morning, northbound and southbound trains on the Blue Line were sharing a track between the Mall of America and Cedar Riverside until they fixed everything up at about 7.20 this morning, according to Metro Transit spokesperson Howie Medea. With trains running on a single track for about two hours, riders faced big delays, and uh, that was a problem because some of them had to stand outside, although some, they just hopped in trains that they didn't need to go to and rode in a The circle. guys I felt sorry for last night were the guys that had to swap that rail out called out of their nice wow. warm house to go stand there and tote one of those things around. Uh, fortunately, I believe there was room for everyone to be inside last night. Yes. Yeah. We didn't have that problem when we had the buses, did we? Might have one that broke down, but a lot of them pulled buses last night, too, because they just they couldn't keep them running. The diesel gelled. Uh, the president it's never happened before either. It's just <laughs> never happened. <laughs> Remember in the seventies, ninety percent of the people were on the side of the road because their gas lines froze right. up. Oh, yeah. What a disaster yeah. it was! Oh my goodness! I, uh, I have a, a friend who works at a gas station. He said this weekend he saw heat being used a lot. I haven't seen heat in that's years. the biggest boondoggle on the yeah, I know. Really yeah. don't don't the engine. I really modern automotive technology, yeah. you really don't need a don't can need of heat. Don't need can of heat in. No. But oh, oh yeah. to be the guy that started that company. Oh, yeah. What a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people like me are the suckers that keep buying and go, yeah, well, I'm really uh, taking care of business well, now. Well, if your car starts, maybe you should keep doing it. It's like wearing a dear, dirty T-shirt when your team won. Just don't wash <laughs> it. Keep putting it on. <laughs> the president uh, arguing with his intelligence officials again on Twitter. He lashed out at the chiefs on Twitter saying they're naive and passive after they told Congress Tuesday that North Korea is unlikely to dismantle its nuclear arsenal and that the Iran nuclear deal is working. Yeah, I'm going to go with the intelligence officers. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Trump tweeting this morning, perhaps intelligence should go back to school. On Tuesday, Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats said Intelligence Info does not support the idea that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un will eliminate his nuclear weapons. Trump insisting on Wednesday on Twitter the relationship with North Korea is, quote, the best it has ever been with the U.S., U.S. intelligence agencies also said Iran continues to work with other parties to, uh, to the nuclear deal it reached with the U.S. and other Western nations. In doing so, they said it has at least temporarily lessened the nuclear 
Brett. I really miss Vince Flynn. Um, I've been rereading the whole series from start to finish, and it's fun the way I just it was fun the way Vince played the political side of his books. And this would be so much wouldn't fun. It, wouldn't it be fun to see Vince. what he says about this? Oh my goodness, it would be so much yeah. fun. Uh, speaking of reading, as long as you brought that up, Kenny, let me find this story. Uh, reading, of course, has been shown to improve your physical and mental health. The research from professors at UC Berkeley have found that the more children read, the greater their vocabulary growth and cognitive skills. I believe it. But according to Pew Research Center, about a quarter of American adults don't read books at all. Oh, yeah. I, I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised. It's, yeah. I would have said 50%. Higher. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, in right 2018, the research group released figures suggesting 24% of American adults say they have not read a book in part or whole in print or electronically in the past year. According to the American Times Youth Survey conducted by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Americans over the age of 15 spend about 0.28 hours or 16.8 minutes reading for personal interest each day. Pew found that America's likelihood of reading was directly correlated with education level and wealth. I'm taking this as a ray of hope. It's only 24%. Really? I am. Okay. I would you you could have said seventy percent and I wouldn't have wouldn't been surprised. surprised you. No. Well, hats off to uh, to Vince Flynn, uh, referenced in the show a couple of minutes ago, because he was the one that always said for the Cretan grads he would send out a, an audio book. Yeah. So he could listen to right. it because he knew the Cretan grads get it. I, I curse I curse Vince in a friendly way as soon as I finish the last word of every book because invariably there's a tear running down my eye and I'm like Vince you <laughs> sob what are you doing to me I curse him because he didn't go to a prostate doctor quick enough right yeah yeah we lost one of the great ones you know I was sitting with him at an event at uh, what's the bar on uh, Snelling and Randall? Plums Plums and he was telling me I was butt hurt to sit oh that was when we were outside out in the patio yeah, yeah. I, I said. Well, are you doing anything about it? He said, oh, yeah, I've been to my doctor. But he didn't go to a urologist in oh. time. He would have, If he would have said that to me, I would have had 30 minutes of straight punchlines. I just would have, boom, 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 boom. Are we still yeah. recording? Hi. Are we still recording? Yes, we are recording. We had a, uh, well, we're still recording. The power uh, flashed here, but we're, we're still good. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk. Anyway, God bless him. Uh, yeah. keep, continue, John. Yes. Maybe that was him. <laughs> Before you go on, I wanted yeah. to ask you about reading, Such, because my approach to reading, I was really passionate about it as when I was younger, and I thought, oh, I'm really smart, and I like reading. But now <laughs> I'm at the age where there's so much garbage in my head that's making my life difficult that it's the only relief I get from life is reading a book or doing a crossword puzzle because it takes my mind, or riding a dirt bike as fast as I can. The only things that take my mind off of the real life. Why do you, why are you such a passionate reader? You you are always reading a book, always. Well, because it's it plays into what I've done for a living all my life. So I'm, you just I'm constantly en- trying to learn how to write. You just enjoy yeah. good writing. Yeah. All, yeah. Right. yeah. all right. Is there ever a time where you, like a month or six months, where you just don't pick up a book? No. No, that's amazing. No, I can't uh, conceive of not having a book, of being in the middle. My of problem book. is I have three going at once. Yeah, yeah I have that problem yeah, too. Yeah, I've, yeah, 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 yeah. How do you choose? Uh, uh, whichever, <laughs> whichever one I can understand. Yeah, right, right. For, for me, it's whichever one is going to take me away from whatever I'm dealing with in real life the quickest. Well, I've been touting this book called uh, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. 
and it's taken such a dark, disturbing oh. turn that I almost can't pick it up. Really? Well, well I knew it was coming. I didn't know it'd be this bad. Well, what is it, John? Yes. Continue. Okay. Oh wait. Ignore him. Yeah. Okay. But there are really good authors and good writing that you just don't read. Uh, I'll throw at you Pension, Thomas Pension. Uh, I haven't recently, no, if ever. Because I'm like 10 books into Vince's series, and it's like, you know what, I need to read something else. So I picked up, or I have the latest uh, Thomas Pynchon book, and I got two pages in and said, nope. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried <laughs> and to grabbed one of Vince's books and, you know, went right through it. I think on your recommendation, I picked up one of his and tried it and couldn't yeah. couldn't get past the first 50 pages. What about Faulkner? Read I can't, I can't yeah. read him either. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. yeah. What about like series books? Maybe a Fifty Shades series. Is that uh, never read it? Do anything for you? Okay. No interest in it whatsoever. Yeah, now you can go ahead, Jim. It's too bad Reavers isn't here. Let's know about his always, you, know what, you know what I'm amazed at in the in the in the in the book industry are are the one timers, the guys who are have brilliant first books and then can't ever well, come back with one. Catcher in the Rye. Uh, no, he came back with wonderful short stories. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, a lot of short but stories. But no, I'm thinking specifically a guy named Anthony Hyde. I think it's H Y D E, and it was called the Red Fox. I don't want to hear your Red Fox comments. It was a Russian mystery. It was half a second it was away. A Russian mystery it was fabulous, and I tried to read the next book he came out with. I didn't make it ten pages. Huh? Yeah. That's uh, the guy, not as important, obviously, but Don Winslow. Winslow. You loved some early stuff, early and now, stuff. now you can't stand stuff. I don't stuff. like it, no. 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 Uh, Netflix is urging people to stop calling serial killer Ted Bundy hot. The stream company's Twitter well, why account... Why did they cast a hot guy? The stream's Twitter account has posted a... Well, they have this documentary, too, that's causing problems, apparently. Uh, that was watched in my house. My wife watched the whole thing. Uh, the documentary is called Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy Tapes. And there's also a new Sundance film starring Zac Efron. I'm on a, I, I'm having a mental block on Bundy. What what was he the Texas guy? Ted no, Bundy. He was all over the U.S. He killed oh, uh, very right. handsome. Was he and, killing nurses? No, he killed everybody. And anybody, yeah, females. He yeah. was indiscriminate. Yeah, right. he was. You know how I learned about Ted Bundy early on in his career? Tom Bernard had a funny song that was. Hang down your head, Ted Bundy. <laughs> Hang down your head. Wow. And I was so dumb and young that I had to look up who Ted Bundy was. <laughs> you know the song that's based on Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. Hang down your head, Tom, Tom Dooley. Dooley. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who, what, didn't we have a weatherman named Tom Dooley? No, John, John Dooley. John Dooley. Yeah. yeah. John uh, had the big, uh, he had the big uh, glasses, the Coke bottle glasses. Good guy, though. Uh, Bundy, uh, the serial killer, uh, was in real life handsome. He specifically used his charm and his looks in order to ensnare his victims, exploit their trust, and then overpower them. The documentary series, not the only reason all of this has come up. Critics have been torn over the film. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, starring Zac Efron. They wonder whether or not Zac, uh, Zac Efron, a former teen heartthrob, should have been cast in the role <laughs> as Ted Bundy because of his good looks. Uh, right, thank you, John. Yep. We'll hear from you again today. Yes. I have to do the second part of the podcast. The first part was dedicated to my belief that uh, uh, weather hysteria is part of a larger, larger political gambit. Uh, not, and again, for all you euphorians wearing your stocking cap and your choppers because you don't know how to work the heater in your Prius, uh, I'm not suguesting that uh, kids should stand on corners today, nor am I suggesting that I'm disappointed because the mail isn't delivered. I'm merely telling you to have a care and think out to the future for yourselves. <laughs>